everybody. Welcome back. Hour two of Freedom Speak. I'm your host, Becca Marie, and you are listening to Conservative Talk, ABQ, KDAZ, 96.9 FM, AM 700, and listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. I'd like for you to check out my website, freedomspeaknm.com. You can hear replays of this show as well as all the other shows I've done. And check out my Facebook page. I post a lot of really interesting things on there. A lot of things I post on there I talk about on the radio show. There's some other things I don't talk about on my radio show that I post on my web, on my Facebook page um, for various reasons. Anyway, so anyway, check it out and you'll see. Like, follow, share. So I am here with my guest today, Charles Barnhart, retired judge, New Mexico, Larry Marker, previous candidate for public land commissioner, and my good friend Derek Scott. And we're talking about this recent election, <laughs> and there's a lot of things I want to talk about that are going to make people mad, and that's okay. If you get mad, maybe you'll do something. I mean, a lot of people didn't. 49% of the registered voters in this state did not show up to vote. Do you have? Let me tell you this. You have the government you deserve at this point. What, what we're going to be going through for the next term, you deserve it. This is what, by not showing up, this is exactly what you voted for. Now, there's a lot of things going on here, and I imagine this is going to continue. Good friends of mine over the past couple years have moved out of the state. They've moved to Florida. They've moved to Alabama. They've moved to Oklahoma. Now, I, I was listening to some news reports, and I don't know how these news people just don't get it. They seem to be kind of clueless as to why now Florida is blood red. Why is that? <laughs> the, the answer is so obvious to me. You guys can tell me if you agree with me on this observation. Good but <laughs> ev- all the conservatives from all the other tyrannical states have moved to Florida. Moved to Florida yeah. Florida well, is loaded with conservatives yeah, now. Yeah. So you wonder you why Florida went blood red? Yeah. It's like, it's because that's where all the conservatives are. I had somebody, I oh, you and I were talking about this yesterday, Larry. Yeah. Florida has become the Alamo. There yes, you go. Yes, yeah. It's become the Alamo. Now, if you guys know a little bit about history, you know what happened to the people that were at the Alamo. I hope not, because we lost that battle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Probably everybody we went. War, <laughs> yeah. Because of the loss of that battle, we won yes. the war. And, and those That's guys, true. and those guys stood their ground regardless, knowing that they were going to lose, which is something I believe the Republican Party needs to learn. Well, yes. and we have a lot of gutless yeah. people in this country, and especially in this state. I so, s- oh, go ahead. So, are they going to be willing to stand their ground, people in this state? A lot of people aren't. No, like I was talking about earlier at the beginning of the show, I was talking about all these people that are cowards that rolled over. Oh, they have their excuses. It's like, oh, well, I've got to feed my family. It's like, I've got a career. I don't want to endanger my career. Oh, my kid's got to go to soccer. Well, Do you think any of that's going to have a mean a hill of beans when this country finally just goes all out socialist, communist, and at that point in which they literally have a gun to your head telling you you will do this or you're going to go to a prison camp or worse? 
at that point, it'll be too late. Right now, we can stand on a hill in which, so what? Okay, you might lose your job. Your kid might not be able to go to soccer. But you know what? Have a little bit of faith. There are always other options. I've certainly stood my ground over the past couple years and lost a lot, but I've gained it back. I've had other opportunities. There's a lot of patriots out there that will give you a job. There are lots of other options. Well, in my industry, there's a lot. You know, I've traded off most of my oil wells. You know, the regulatory nightmare, and that's you know, I'm going to trade off most of my wells, and I'm going to pursue the the commissioner of public lands. I'm going to you know exhaust every resource I have. But the thing is, is if if we could turn this thing around, I could rebuild it quite easily. It's going to be a little more difficult to rebuild it under this current administration, and and I guess now the next four years is going to be a challenge. I'm I'm better prepared for the legal challenges now that I you know I've got four or five years of experience now, and I'll rebuild and and I'll come back fine you know. But it's what I what I have figured out when you back a guy into a corner and you take everything he's got, he he tends he's to fight. Nice, I was about to say yeah, yeah he's yeah, got nothing to lose. Nothing left to lose, and that's what people need to realize. And and a lot of guys, a lot of friends of mine in the oil and gas industry have realized you know we've lost everything. We should have fought. You know, lead. We should have fought when you started. You know, three, four years ago. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, dissing them or anything else. And I told them this was coming, but and it, and here it is. You know, like I said, the Department of Health was using the same exact mode of operation. The NMOC. It's bureaucrats. You know, it's Fauciism or whatever you want to call it. They, and it, it just creeps up on you. And, and if you don't stand your ground, they're going to run you over. There, there's no doubt. But as a society or as a people, I mean, we're descended from people that stood their ground, you know, people like the Alamo and then, you know, the United States obviously is the bravest people ever in history. So uh, we're related to those people. Their, their genetics, you know, their blood, you know, we have the same blood. I don't understand why we're so hesitant to stand now. I understand, you know, some people have more to lose than others, but if you if you go to your faith, the sobering thought for me is it, it took me starting to lose everything to wake up. So that tells me, you know, God had to shake me pretty hard. Well, like the, like, like, yeah. like the immortal uh, Janis Joplin said, freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. It, exactly. And, but, and, yeah. and do, does it have to get to that point? Do you have to lose everything before you finally stand up? And that's what was sobering to me is, is I'm so hard-headed that that's what it took you know, conditions to get to where I was in jeopardy of losing everything before I realized, hey, we're headed down a bad road. And I finally woke up, you know, here several years ago. And I've been a patriot my whole life, but never to this extent. I thought I'd go out and vote and put my NRA sticker on my pickup. And, you know, and I thought that was patriotism. It's not. But Patriotism uh, is, is being involved yeah. in the governance and running of our communities and countries. See, and I learned that. I learned that. And that's that's what a lot of people need to learn. And that's where we're uh, definitely, we're definitely headed. I, I've, I've met thousands of people that are there now. I, I honestly believe if we can keep, you know, shows like this, guys like you, guys like you, if we can keep talking and putting this out there, 
people are going to stand up before they're in jeopardy of losing everything. Like you said, eventually right. you're going to lose everything. You're headed there anyway. Eventually you so will. So stand your ground. Stand your ground now. If you lose a little bit, it's not so bad. I mean, look at some of these communist countries in which they have lost everything. You know, you, you look at like it, countries like China, things like that. These people, if I mean, what's the biggest place they live in? They've moved them all into the cities. They're all living in what 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 a room that we consider the size of probably a jail cell. Yeah, that's what they live in. Yeah, yeah most of and, our bathrooms are bigger than that. Yeah, you know? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you know, and and this is what this is what socialism, communism. This is where it leads. Right. This is what they would like to do to all of us. That's that's the whole purpose of trying to prevent us from being able to move about the country, taking away our gas powered cars, and putting us into electric cars that we're not going to be able to charge. Well, your 30 by 30 land grab, you know, and then that's, that's going right. to be the 50 by 50. That's going to move everybody into the Albuquerque area or whatever, into, into the big cities. And guys like me that live six or eight miles out of town or whatever, we're, we're going to be gone. We're going to be crammed into little – and I don't do well in big cities, as you could oh, probably – I stick I out like a – like a, I, can I say I don't either. Radio? I, I, I don't yeah, either. I, I stick out like a turd in a punch bowl in, in the city. I really do. I like that. That's that's an interesting yeah. term, yeah. a turd in yeah. a punch bowl. Yeah. At a fancy party, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 well, well, you know – Joe Biden is is talking about he he's been you know like I said he's been talking about replacing coal fired power plants with windmills. I mean these two things are not the same. Okay, they're not the same at all. The wind doesn't always blow. You know, coal fired power plants they produce energy twenty four seven. And our battery technology is not our our ability to produce electricity is far out past our ability to store it. Yes, it has. And, it, it and really that's something has. I've talked about. As an engineer, yeah. I can tell you that we do not have the storage technology to store enough power to provide a buffer to make solar and wind practicable yeah. as a reliable energy source. You're right. You're you exactly need something right. else. And, you know, and these environmentalist crazies, these, these people, they will not even consider nuclear. Now, if they wanted to go with an all-electric economy, we could do it. With By nuclear. building nuclear plants. Yeah. Nuclear we could do it. And then we could throw in the wind to the solar, and we could use that as much as possible. Okay, yeah, wind and solar, they say wind it's supposedly green, which is not really green. Right. It, it, well, and, and like you said, if you want to implement it, you have the wind and solar backup power. Yes. Just just make extra power. And then you have, so when, when they need more power to charge to charge at night, to charge your car or whatever... You have the nuclear powers supplying all of it with the newer, and, and like we were talking about in shows before, with the newer uh, reactors, there's less than, an, it's like it's like a quarter of the percent of waste, so it's like, nine, so they're, they're using 98% of the uranium, you only have about uh, uh, 3 to 5% of waste, whereas... The older reactors are; they only use forty percent or sixty uh, percent, and there's forty percent left of waste, which is a big difference. So that's big giant barrels filling this room to a coffee can. Well, of and waste. here's and here's the thing: 
is that they the, the, the argument that they use to poo-poo the nuclear reactors is the thing you just mentioned, the, the nuclear waste, which is very little with a new lu- nuclear with reactor. With reactors, yeah. Here's the thing. What about all the waste from those worn-out solar panels and yes, windmills? Those are what worse. about that? Why don't we consider that? Why don't we consider the fact that in order to get all of the materials used to build these batteries for all these electric cars, yeah, we are strip-mining yeah. huge, enormous holes in the ground— yep in foreign countries, and you think that you care about, uh, oh, I'm always hearing liberals all the time. They're talking about, oh, it's for the children. They don't give a rat's butt about children. They don't care about children. Matter of fact, they just got done running a campaign that was based on murdering children. Sla- and it's like, children, yes, and, yes, and and the, do they care about the children that are over in these other countries where they're mining the cobalt and the lithium and all this stuff where you got six-year-old children out there digging in the dirt with their hands being forced to work? Do they care about about those children? No, these people are liars. They will tell you anything to get your vote, and they count on your ignorance in order to get elected. Well, in, in New Mexico, you can also add the fact that New Mexico has the second largest reserves of uranium in the entire country. Thank you. Now you're yeah. getting to what Greg Zanetti... Oh, you mean yeah. we have some left over after Hillary sold, Hillary sold it all to Russia? Well, she sold the stuff in Oregon and Washington. Yeah, Oregon and oh, Washington. Okay, okay. Not, not in New Mexico. Yeah. New Mexico is actually a military reserve. Yeah. Like, they have... The military has more control over it than, than Hillary Clinton. So... Which saved it's, us. Which, which saved us. Saved it really us. did yeah. save us. It's funny enough. Yeah. And the military knew what they were doing, and that's why they were like, no, we control this and that. They did that a long time ago because of the labs and building of the bomb in New Mexico. So they reserved it and said, no, 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 this is ours. Now, have they given it out to power companies? Yeah, they have. But And have they built a, a massive storage facility? And like I said, if you went from big, giant 50-gallon barrels to down to a smaller than a coffee can per year. So it's big giant barrels per month where it's a coffee can per year difference. That's a coffee can per year per reactor. You have 10,000 years of storage in the storage facility that Obama shut down years ago out near Sedona. Well, and here's here's the thing, okay, about that too. You can look at nuclear as being a transitional thing. There are new technologies that are being worked on, which eventually they're going to crack these things and they're going to become available. Okay, not only that, but we have a lot of fossil fuels left over because it's going to take some time to build those nuclear reactors. It just takes time to do these things. In the meantime, we could be sure. We could be building windmills and and, and solar panels, you know, but at the same time, we could be maintaining the stability of our grid with the fossil fuel, with the coal plants, keep them running, keep them, keep the maintenance going on them, keep them going in the meantime, build these modern nuclear plants, get those online. They can replace those coal and fossil fuel and gas-powered plants until the new technology is available. And we, you know— Think about this. I mean, we're talking about those coffee cans, which we can easily dispose of right now. We're only going to need, you know, nuclear is going to be a transition. It's just, it, it, and and by by the time we come out with something else, though, and those nuclear plants become obsolete, we'll have very little waste piled up yep. from that, and by then we'll probably find a use for that even. Yeah, and one day there's there's a guarantee that we can find uses for waste. It, nobody's taken the time to really experiment. There's a lot of physicists that think that there's something there with that. But but no, you you know, you're you're absolutely right. And that's what Greg Zanetti was pushing 
on yeah. his primary run yeah. and why I was kind of... And sub- Ant Thornton, too. And Ant Thornton, yeah. I, I have some and things the, and, to and talk that, about There's there. a whole other problem about how the Republican Party didn't support Thornton. Okay, let's well, go. Let's, let's go, go there. Let, let's yeah. go. Let, me, in, okay. let me say one more thing go about ahead. the nuclear ahead, power. Go That's actually one of the uh, one of the drawbacks. We will solve one of the major issues when it comes to desalinization if we go to nuclear producing nuclear energy. And desalinization right now we make sixty billion gallons of produced water in the oil business. Yeah, we make sixty billion gallons of produced water a year, and it's costing us more to inject it back in the ground than it would to desalinate it. Are you kidding? Okay, yeah, I've never and heard see, that. That's argument. why that's Greg Zanetti's plan, he was talking about desalinizing exactly. your water, water and the brackish water they right. wanted to pull out on the east side because right. they need water desperately. And, you know, you're not putting the salt anywhere. Sorry. You're not putting the salt anywhere, right? Right. You're, right. You're, right. You, it becomes consumable. And there's a lot of consumables that can come out of the brackish water underneath the ground and from the oil. That can go around. Well, your you desalinization, can, yeah. If yeah. your desalinization on produced water is fifty percent, which is what Saudi Arabia and Israel are at right now, we would make enough water to pay to pay taxes what we owe them in the Pecos River Compact, and then we could we could fire up all these farms that they've had to dry up along the Pecos River, and put those back to producing. And just dump that water right in the river. It would be clean enough to, to dump right, yep. right down there in the oil field anyway. Yep. So it 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 all could tie together and make sense if we could get past our, our radical environmentalism or our radical conservatism. Yeah. yeah. The problem is, is our state is now one hundred percent controlled by radicals. And and the yeah. state oh, land yeah. office is. So how are we going to get yeah. anything done in this yeah. state at this point? Yeah. Yeah. The, okay. So <laughs> my answer to that, like I told you before is the rest of the nation, you know, New Mexico is very unique. And, you know, they say it's a Petri dish, but I, I don't believe that because things you do here doesn't apply to a lot of other places in the United States and vice versa. A lot of things they do in the other, in, in like a new, even Colorado, doesn't necessarily work in New Mexico. And so, and New Mexicans are very unique in their culture. This culture is still a very unique culture and it's very tight. And it's something I learned from being a transplant from Colorado a uh, very long time ago, and I married into an old family here in New Mexico. And so it's one of those things that I think it's a cultural issue on top of it, but, like, they really have to have the boot on their neck. Right, right now, even under, even under Lujan Grisham, during the COVID, there was a lot of people telling me, oh, it's not that bad. And I was like, I was just stunned. And so is my wife, and we would just drop our jaws, and Maybe we're like, if "You're living with your head in a hole." Yeah, I'm, I'm like, yeah, "Where or, or Where else. are you yeah, living? Yeah. Do you did you <laughs> well, walk that's down? Still a hole, Larry. You know, at that time, did you walk down the front? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, this is something I wanted to talk about, and I know this is going to tick off a lot of people. During the course of this campaign, I have really, really been biting my tongue a lot on things that I have not said. And the reason I have not said them is, and I, and I have, said that, have said this, I have said that I do not want to do anything to damage our chance to get MLG out, out of, of office. office. That, yeah. was my, that was my number one priority. But now that we have lost miserably, the, the gloves are off. Okay. I'm going to tell you exactly what I think about this. I'm going to tell you about how I believe. Number one, I don't believe Mark Ronchetti should have been our candidate at all. Amen. Okay. Can I clap to that? Yes, no. <laughs> yes, you can. Okay. 
Now, let me tell you why. Me and a lot of us other patriots, we thought, oh, we can make a difference in this election. By the way, Larry, can you move that way just a tiny bit so I can see? There we go. Okay, that's As long better. as you don't move me close where you can hit me. Like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> you're, you're out of reach. I can't reach you even with my long arms. But anyway, so a lot of us patriots, we became delegates, okay, because we were under the impression that as delegates— we would get to have a voice in the people that were going to be in the primary election, okay? Basically, the ones that would be responsible for uh, weeding out the chaff and, and, and getting in the best candidates into the primary. Okay, so we worked hard. We showed up for all the meetings. We spent a lot of money and our time going to the pre-primary convention in Rio Doso, Okay. Oh, my God, I met so it was a wonderful convention. Was, yeah, I mean, we convention. filled the place up. I mean, these bunch of establishment types, they were looking around. It's like, where the hell did all these people come <laughs> yeah, from? And it it's funny. like, we, we had taken yeah. over, okay? Yeah. So we voted for the candidates because those of us that are in the patriot movement, and we've been ridiculed by some people that call themselves Republicans yeah. in this state and in this city, and I'm not going to name their names because it'll only— Draw more attention to them, and I don't want to do that. Okay, you know who you are. Anyway, so... (laughs) Anyway, so we went there. All of us very well-informed, educated voters voted on the people that were wanting to run for the various offices. Jay Block won by an overwhelming majority at that pre-primary convention, as well as Louis Sanchez. He, yep. he won by a lot, too. Yep. Okay, um, I really, really like Michelle Lujan, uh, or Michelle Garcia-Holmes. Garcia let me, Holmes, don't, yeah. My God, don't let me get her mixed yeah. up with the other one. <laughs> uh, I really like her a lot, but she's ran before and lost. And yeah. it's like we wanted somebody, somebody else, and Louis Sanchez had a wonderful knowledge of the— of the issues. He's a very, very fantastic speaker, and we voted for him too. So, number one, here's what happened at that convention. For those of you that weren't there, those of you that don't know what happened, we go there and we find out something that nobody had told us before. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Mark Ronchetti gave up, got up and gave a speech, and informed us that he had received 7,000 signatures. Yeah. Okay. Now, first off, we had a lot of good candidates that had been out there beating the campaign trail for months and months. Couldn't even get close months. to that number. Yeah. Couldn't even get close Rebecca to that number. Dow. Rebecca Dow. Even even Jay Block, uh, Karen Bedoni, all of these people that had been out there on the campaign trail Fighting for signatures, working hard, <coughs> working their hard. butts off, yeah. going working, door to door, yeah. very, very knocking hard, yeah. on doors, going to businesses, talking to people, yeah. organizing people in different cities, and then Mark Ronchetti jumps in at the last minute and magically has seven thousand yeah. signatures. Yeah. Do you want to know? I would really like okay. to know how that happened. So it's going to get me in trouble, and I mean real big trouble here. Oh, who cares? We're all so about getting in trouble Steve, today. So Steve Pierce, okay, but there's also McCluskey and Coconitis. Mm-hmm. And there's others. Uh, those are just the names that we know right now, mm-hmm. okay, that we've researched and that uh, allies of mine have dived into this, okay? 
So it's believed that it's really just a money-making scheme now. So these people really never cared about the Republican Party. And Steve, as you know, has been around forever. And the reason I'm calling him out Way by name, long. by name is even if he was, is intended to do well for the party, you're allied with the wrong people, sir. And furthermore, you ha- you played a game at the convention that everybody was suspect of, right? So those signatures, nobody believes was even really real. They I just don't, handed I, I it don't. to him. And you got to understand, no. Steve Pierce, uh, he that was his favorite was yeah. uh, because Steve Pierce thought in his mind that that name recognition is going to be the winning campaign. Though I proved them wrong and scared them a lot because I showed that you can just get out there and start pounding on doors. And it scared them. And I'll, and I'll point out, if you look at the absentee ballots on the primaries and the way it worked out on both parties, and then you look at this, this election now, there is a very big similarity between the primaries and the original election with absentee ballots. It's almost exactly double every single candidate. Okay, so Democrats somehow have double the amount of the Republican candidate or double the amount of the independent candidate. That's impossible. It's just they don't work out that way. You have to... Absentee ballot... And plus, the amount of absentee ballots some of these candidates had was way higher than another candidate. That doesn't make any sense. So you're telling me the absentee sent in for one or two candidates. As we know, the mail-in ballots is where they did it. And how do we know that? Look at other states that shut down mail-in ballots. They won, right? Look at Florida. They shut down mail-in ballots. Oh, Republicans surprise, won. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, Republicans right. won. Look at all the places where mail-in ballots got shut down. But all these absentee ballots all of a sudden are just a huge number. But then, and we say 50%, I don't even think 50% voted. Because, I, I mean, we were monitoring, I, me and my allies were monitoring, you know, the uh, election areas or the polls. And we were monitoring just kind of getting an estimate of in and, in and outs. It was, yes, definitely higher than, I would say, you know, the primary, but maybe not higher than 2020. Well, here's the okay. thing. Here, no, go ahead, Larry. I'll, I'm back yeah. to the signature thing, real quick. Yeah. When I was gathering signatures in your absentee ballot, I do need to bring up a point and remind me about that. I got to bring up a point because something weird's happening right now. Yeah. Uh, on the signature, the signature deal, as you know, I was gathering signatures to be nominated, and at one point, I had contacted some professional companies that actually they they send people to it. Anyway, I actually talked to the company that, I, and I have serious reason to believe this was the company that gathered the signatures for for Mark. And those now signatures. How exactly do you gather signatures? <laughs> yeah. how, how does that process work? It, it, I'm really exactly. curious I mean, about these, that. These guys are professionals, but those you signatures. Know, getting signatures is a lot of work. It involves think, talking to people. Well, th- 20, no, no, no. Those, think about all those names and numbers that mm-hmm. I told you about that aren't confirmed. That, that, aren't physical yeah. people that I need to talk to. And these signatures cost 20, uh, they quoted me $22 a piece. 
for a verifiable signature. There's different levels. It's $22. It was $28 for a verifiable signature, $21 or $22 for a signature. How yeah. exactly do you buy a signature? I'm, I'm real. That's that. They, they, I really still don't understand that. They, I wish I would have kept. And if, if I find it, I'll send you the quote. They okay. sent me a quote. They actually, there's a lot of neat information I've learned. They actually sent me a quote that had airfare for six individuals, motels, where they were going to stay. Uh, the guy, the salesman that actually I talked to first, he actually said, well, we're going to send people here, 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 and here. They sent them to colleges, post offices, places like that. And these people, that is their job to They're gather gather signatures. Isn't that illegal? I mean, that sounds like no, harvesting to in, me. Not, not, not in New, New Mexico. Mexico. In Arizona in it is, but not in New Mexico. Not in New Mexico. Yeah. Now, now, also remember, he had to have 7,000 signatures to get on the ballot as a governor. I needed 14,400 to get on the ballot as the land commissioner. Which okay. Is, which so is terrible. So let yeah, me continue yeah. along my same line see, of thinking. Wasn't that a subjective thing from the state? The state, uh, what's her name? Uh, from Maggie. Maggie. Well, it was, it was based on the number of people that voted in the last New Mexico general. Oh. The New Mexico general is where we elect a governor. The federal general. That that is that is so ridiculous not, and unfair. Yeah, that's it, yes, a lot blat- less people blatantly. voting. Blatant, yeah. Yes, a lot more people vote in the general. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Right. It's not and, fair. And <sighs> the independents have to. Their numbers are based on the total voters. Where the nominated oh, yeah. ones are based on a friend of mine was telling me that, uh, that based on the that party the, voters. One of the leaders of the Libertarian Party was telling me that yeah. that they have to make amazing higher numbers. And this is why they feel confident like Karen Bedoni might have won, is because of all the n- names she had to get. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so back back to our problem. Back yeah. I'll tell you what. I want to go into more on this pre primary convention. I'm gonna do that right after the break. So we'll be right back. After 45 years in the same location, Los Ranchos Gun Shop has moved to 6621 4th Street Northwest in Los Ranchos. New space, new inventory, but still committed to serving the safety needs of our guests. One block north of our old location, but still filled with no pressure. Locally owned and operated, proud of our commitment to service and community, and happy to support Talk Radio KDAZ. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Genter from High Desert Chiropractic and Wellness. For 27 years, I've been helping patients by gently treating the root cause of their health issues, not just symptoms. Treatments include various chiropractic techniques and therapies, such as electrical stimulation, ultrasound and intersegmental traction, or the roller table. Let's help you be your best self by helping you achieve optimal wellness and maintain it lifelong. 
Located at 5310 Homestead Road Northeast, call us at 505-292-2226. Hello, I'm Dr. Dan Lafferty. And I'm Dr. Stephanie Z from ABQ Gentle Dentistry. Putting off a trip to the dentist due to dental anxiety? Let us ease your fears. At ABQ Gentle Dentistry, we are gentle from your first phone call with the receptionist to the dental chair for treatment. We offer oral conscious sedation, IV sedation, and nitrous gas. We have the latest technology to handle all your dental needs right in our office. Same-day crowns, 3D x-rays, 3D printing, digital intraoral photos, and laser technology. Let us transform your life by transforming your smile into a smile you can love. We also offer clear tray orthodontic therapy. You're part of the family here at ABQ Gentle Dentistry. Gentle is not just our name, it's how we treat our patients. We accept most insurance plans and also work with multiple lending companies to help make financing possible. Y hablamos español. We're located at 4550 Eubank Boulevard, Northeast, Suite 101. Give us a call at 505-292-8588 to begin your journey to an awesome smile. Or on the web at albuquerquegentledentist.com. Interested in getting your concealed carry permit? Perkins Protection Training offers state-approved concealed carry classes for both New Mexico and Utah, taught by a certified NRA instructor, local woman-owned and ran by husband and wife team since 2004. Individual coaching ensuring every student learns according to their individual needs, complete with pre-class and follow-up tutoring. One-on-one, -on -one, beginner, and advanced classes also available. Mention KDAZ for 10% off class. Call 505-238-1214. That's 505-238-1214 or on the web at PerkinsProtectionTraining.com. Welcome back to Freedom Speak. I'm your host, Becca Marie, and you're listening to Conservative Talk, ABQ KDAZ 96.9 FM and AM 700 96.9 FM. Listen from anywhere, conservativetalkabq.com. Email me with your questions and comments at becca at freedomspeaknm.com. Hey, you want to be a guest co-host on the show? We have a great time here. If you've got some interesting things to talk about, I would love to have you on here. Email me. Let me know. We'll talk. Want to get started advertising? This is a good place to advertise. So we're talking about this disastrous election in the state of New Mexico. It was an absolute, utter failure by the leadership of the Republican Party of this state. There's so much to cover here, and we're going to go over it. No holds barred today. Trust me, I got lots of things to say. I'm not concerned about the consequences at this point because we've already lost. Yeah. Okay? So, so back to this pre-primary convention that so many of us patriots worked so hard to become delegates thinking that we'd be able to make a difference. We go there. Mark Ronchetti gets up, makes a speech, and says that since he got 7,000 signatures, he did not he was automatically going to be on the ballot and that we didn't need to vote for him. Okay, here's the thing that really burns me about this one, and I think a lot of you probably think the same way. We voted. We didn't vote for Mark Ronchetti. But the question is, 
would we have voted for Mark Ronchetti at all? Would Mark Ronchetti have got a single vote from any of us in that pre-primary convention? I think we will never know. We'll never know. And that's the reason I believe that he got up and said that. Because if he would have been counting on votes in the pre-primary convention, he would not have made it to the primary. That's, that's my thought on this. But we'll never know. We'll never know. We voted for Jay Block overwhelmingly. We voted for Ant Thornton overwhelmingly. I was I, campaigning for Ant. Yeah. I, I I mean, I was feeling really, really bad for Ant Thornton because... Oh, he got screwed. He, he Yeah, he did. He got screwed in so many ways. And, and let, let's count the ways yeah. that Ant Thornton got screwed. Let's just go on to that one. Okay. I've been watching this Mark Ronchetti campaign. Okay, of course, you know, Mark Ronchetti got inserted into the primary, and uh, and then, uh, well, Jay Block, our preferred candidate, became irrelevant at that point, and we ended up with Mark Ronchetti. Why? Because that's what the Republican Party of New Mexico wanted, because our votes in the pre-primary convention didn't matter. We didn't have Luis Sanchez. We didn't have Jay Block on the ballot. We had Michelle Garcia-Holmes, which, by the way, Michelle, I like you a lot, but I wanted Louie to run this time because Louie, I thought, had a shot. Jay Block, I thought, had a shot, and so did everybody else that was at this convention. Jay Block wasn't afraid to speak his mind about what he believed instead of what we ended up with is somebody that was managed scripted someone that did not really answer any questions someone that ghosted me more than once said they were going to come on here and answer questions and they didn't okay whatever oh yeah the leader of our republican party steve pierce okay never showed ever anywhere all the other leaders across the United States was out there talking, doing shows, promoting their candidates. Where was Steve Pierce? Nowhere. Where was the Republican Party of New Mexico? Yeah, where's, Where well, were they? Here, here, here's the thing, okay? I want to say that I believe the entire leadership of the Republican Party of New Mexico, you're an absolute failure. You need to resign immediately. They've failed four times in a row. How now. often do you have to how many times do you have yeah, to be a failure? How many times do you have to be a failure? Unless you want to fail and you're making money off of it. Because you've got to understand these people that work for uh, Mark Ronchetti, that worked for Paul Pacheco and everybody else, and all these candidates, dude. They were all run by the same managers, and they get money when they lose. Win or lose, they get money. They get a cut of the campaign money that's been made. Okay, I still believe Paul Pacheco wanted to win. I just think he got went with the wrong team. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I think I think because Paul was very upset about what was going on. And he reflected it to me. And so I really think he wanted to win. And I think he was starting to notice, like, whoa, there's something going on here that I'm not catching. And I think he got played, just like the rest of us. 
you know, they probably came to him and said, because I don't know what happened. And remember, this is just an assumption, but they probably came to him and said, hey, you know, run for sheriff. Because I announced running for sheriff before he did. Okay. I was working very hard for over a year and a half. So they knew I wanted to run for sheriff. But yet all of a sudden, just Paul comes out of nowhere and then two other candidates. And it made you go, Nobody cared about running for sheriff this time, and now because I'm in, and now I'm announcing and doing all this other stuff, oh, here comes all these other candidates. And I'll tell you, Steve Pierce never liked me much, but because I was big push in the Republican Party because of what happened with Trump, and I supported Trump, and what happened with me at the Trump rally and everything, and I started getting heavily politically involved, and I've been going up to the state, and he's ghosted me a lot he will not talk to me. And so I, but I plucked along. I, you know, party line, okay, Republican party, yada, yada, yada. But now I'm a little pissed off because once again, as I've continually pointed out, they've lost. They came to me and asked, well, Derek, how did you do such a good second place? Because you've not been known. You you came out of nowhere. You, you, you barely had much money because I got cents, like half uh, quarters of cents on the dollar, right? or like less than a penny for each vote. And they're like, how'd you do that? And I told him, I said, guys, because you're not doing, and, and I'm sorry, Paul, and I told you, remember the a few weeks ago, Mark Ronchetti was not hitting Albuquerque. They did no type of knocking campaign. They did, they did a, a phone. The only thing we got a notification of was a phone campaign. So you come in, you do phone calls. Well, phone calls... Personal phone calls are 5%. That's why you let a robot do it. It's better to just have a recorder and say, hey, come see me where I'm at, you know? And we warned them that this would happen because I said, look at the primaries. Look at your votes. You have double the votes in, in the Democrats that you do in the Republicans. So we had less than half Republicans voting compared to Democrats in the primaries. That's big enthusiasm. And I said, if we don't do a big get out of the vote, and this is talking to the Bernalillo County Party, not the state, mind you. Mm -hmm. The Bernalillo County Party did listen. They helped us new candidates. They helped us get classes and go in and and learn to run a campaign. So, and and that's why I'm saying, I said, you you really, anybody who's listening, you guys really want to win? Bernalillo County, uh, get the Rio, the Rio... Rio Rancho, Sandoval County, Sandoval County. Sandoval County yeah. get those people as the leadership because they have been fighting constantly against the state and Steve Pierce's hold on the state council. Okay, They can't get in there to make the changes. And trust me, there were, you know some of those delegates in the Bernalillo County. I've talked to a lot of them. Yeah. They really liked me as a candidate. They knew that these new candidates like myself and others, and that's why they did everything they good to get us into classes or whatever. And they would offer it to us, say, come on, Derek, and and so and so and so and so. You know, uh, including Jeremy Gay. He Jeremy Gay was in those classes. I, I can name off a lot that were really working hard to win. But yet we had the state not providing us money, not providing us access. And I know because I talked to talked to a lot of the candidates I won't name, but that got no support from the state Republican Party. Well, that somehow oh, yeah. the money that's coming from national to state went nowhere. Yeah. Well, a good, I, you know, I know that too. Yeah. It, a like, good example of, go ahead, of a problem. And 
since I'm an independent, I can talk like an outsider. One point I want to make, I honestly believe in my lifetime, in my adult lifetime, since I've been paying attention, you know, generally, I understand the candidates and stuff. We had the best field of candidate, Republican candidates in the primary we've ever had. Yes. Without a doubt. We did. I mean, we, you know, all the way from Rebecca Dow, you know, you had Ethel, Jay Block. Jay Block was my guy. You know, Greg Zanetti. Well, you know, you I know, had I had all yeah. of the all of the Republican candidates that were running for governor, except for Mark Runcetti, yeah. which ghosted me. I had yeah. I had them all yeah, on, the on this show. Yeah. That was the very very best field of candidates we've ever and, fielded and, as you know, Republicans. The the thing I liked about all of them is that they were all they were all open and working. They were willing to talk. They were willing to answer questions. You know, I, I had, you know, I had uh, Greg Zanetti. I had Jay Block. I had Rebecca Dow. I had Ethel Maharg. I had, I had all of them in here, and they came in here not really having any idea what kind of questions I was going to ask them, and they weren't concerned, okay? They came in, and they answered all of my questions, and they were very open and honest. Mark Ranchetti anno- avoided Avoiding and and I'm not just saying I'm not just no, saying this I mean, because I'm personally upset that I did, well, it's like whatever. But he didn't answer questions for anybody. Yeah. Okay, that's yep. the point I'm making. And here's another thing. Let's just let's just focus a little bit on how badly that Mark Ranchetti ga- ga- ran his campaign. Okay, number one, he didn't answer questions. Number two, he did uh, did not reach out to the patriot movement at all we were alienated right. from his campaign right. exactly. and and another thing is too we mentioned ant thornton earlier i don't know if you guys have noticed or not but ant thornton is a black man okay he did not include ant thornton in his campaign really at all and I think maybe he might have showed up at a couple of events. Well, Ant is the re- Ant is the reason that I voted okay. for Mark Ronchetti. Say, well, Same you here. just made Same my here. point right there. Yeah. Ant Thornton yeah. could have brought a large block of voters to the campaign to be seen together. Because after all, you're not just voting for Ant Thornton. When you look at your ballot, it says Mark Ronchetti, Ant Thornton. They are a team. They come as a package deal. Why were they not? campaigning as a package deal and i have heard from reliable sources that mark ranchetti did not communicate with ant at all ant had to come to the 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 freaking rally the night before that mark ranchetti held okay ant found his way just like i did (laughs) and they and they brought him in and i'm blowing that open i don't care have got because vip treatment Ant Thornton, he's he we've he knew me. He, we've talked. Yeah, they did not treat him well there that night, and they even forgot Audrey Trujillo, a Latino. Right. They didn't even announce her name. And you know they're with, going down the names of candidates, and and she had to literally walk up on the stage and say, "I'm here." With no support with no from the support. RNC, she so got that, over forty percent. She got forty percent with no support from the RNC, and I mean no support, none. Okay. <laughs> So this is what I'm saying is, is this is what us insiders and I know, like I said, I'm going to get busted for this. But this is what I know people were electing me for when I ran for for sheriff because I got a lot of votes. And there is a belief that there was some shenanigans in those votings. I don't know. I when I looked at the numbers, it was really hard to see. But now that I've seen this election, 
I'm starting to lean more towards, yes, I think the primary was fixed. Because they also fixed, on the Democrat side, Moya. Uh, the guy that was running for sheriff on the Democrat side, Moya, he was way popular. Way popular. He should have been number one, not number two. Somehow John Allen was number one. That guy didn't even campaign. Just like... We had other people. Oh, like kind of like Joe Biden hiding in his basement right. for the or, entire or, and, or, and, or, and or, dude, or, the guy. We all sat around and talked. All of us guys running for sheriff because there was one time that we all came together to campaign on the primary. It was it was a few days before the primary. It was the New Mexico Business Association. Okay, and they had this uh, job interview thing. We only had about a few minutes. They had the pre pre selected questions for everybody. They kept us out. And then they brought us in one at a time, and we pulled out of the hat, and I actually got second place. It was amazing. I couldn't believe it. But, and that pissed a lot of people off. But we all sat down and talked. Guess what the one person that didn't talk to us? John Allen. He, he just walked away. He, he oh, I'm not going to be around those guys. Well, so because, he, because we're ex-cops or current well, cops. Here, Derek, here's something I've been, I heard, I've been hearing this on the news the past few days, and it, and it addresses exactly what you just pointed out, is there is, there is this talk going around about whether or not it is more effective for candidates not to communicate people with people during an election. Is that the craziest That's thing you've crazy. ever heard of? That's dumb. Not to debate, not to answer questions. Well, of course, if what? you know that you're going to cheat and win. <laughs> how, how are we supposed to be informed, informed voters? Oh, well, here's the thing. Most people are not informed voters. Yeah, they just blindly go to the freaking yeah. polls, and they vote for the person that's got a D or an R next to See, their and name. The, and that's, that and is that's, the sad state that we are in. That is a fact. That's what I think really happened here is you had candidates that were not good candidates. They were, and trust me, how do I know they're not good candidates? Because they're prior politicians, or they look like politicians. I know because when we went out, we heard a lot of, a lot of talk about, you know, Derek, I like your campaign because you got, because on my ads, I didn't have my face. I had my plan, what I can do when I get into office and how I can do it, Okay. And then on the other side, then I had my bio. So everybody saw my plan first, not my face or me. They saw the plan. Do you know how many people just on the Democrat side loved it? Okay. And, and independents, man, we, we loved it. And they said, you're the only one giving us a plan. And you're telling me these people didn't vote all of a sudden and voted for a guy who barely went around talking, right? And same with Mark Ronchetti, right? He barely went around talking, Barely, I mean, he, Mark Ronchetti didn't even show up. And see, that's what pisses me off. So Paul at least showed up at some of these events, right? Mark didn't even show, but here's Greg Zanetti. Here's, you know, your guy. I'm forgetting his name all of a sudden. Jay Block. Jay Block, thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, Rebecca Dow. They all showed up and stuck around. You know? By the way, there were a lot of vicious uh, things talk going on around around oh, Rebecca Dow. I am very and you know upset what? about that. I had the best time with Rebecca Dow here in the studio. She came in and initially, and she wasn't hard to, to get in touch with, like Mark Ronchetti. And it's like you know, 
she she talked to me right away, and I said, hey, Rebecca, how would you like to come in and be on the radio show, and let's talk about your campaign? And she said, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. You know, when do you want me to come in? And we worked out a day that worked for her, and, and she thought that she'd only be able to come in for maybe an hour, and I says, okay, well, we'll make that work. But she came in here, and she was having such a great time, and we were having such a great conversation that she was on here for as long as she possibly could. She had to bail at about two and a half hours because she had another appointment she had to be at, but but the thing is, is like the one thing I found about her is she was highly knowledgeable. Oh, yes. She about not yes. just stuff in her campaign, but, you know, I have topics, topics I talk about on my show. I bring people into my conversation. She had a lot to say about all the topics. She just in general is a very intelligent, well-informed person. Well, and her and see, and there's a reason that I posted on my Facebook which I lost access to after I posted something. But anyways, we'll see. Maybe I'll get it back. Um, but I posted Rebecca Dow and Greg Zanetti. Why? Because I was kind of torn between the two because they're both wonderful. Mm-hmm. But you're right about Rebecca Dow, man. She was awesome. I, w- I went knocking with her, and she was awesome. And we I, took the I picture, can, I can tell you and from we my had fun. I can tell you from my time with her, when Rebecca Dow shows up, you know, she sometimes talks really fast. Oh, yeah. Okay? But that's because she's got a lot of stuff on her mind. And she doesn't go with a prepared speech in her head. She doesn't do that. It's like... Mark Ronchetti, that's exactly what he does. And that's why he doesn't answer questions, because if it falls outside the prepared things... And, you know, face it, Mark Ronchetti is a trained, experienced TV person. TV personality. Okay? He, 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 Just he like looks, the attack Ed said. You know, and he's really, really good at it. You know, but, you know, the same problem with, with Biden, you know. You don't ask him a lot of questions, because it comes off the script. It's not on the teleprompter. You know... A little side thing here. I watched the uh, I watched the rally that Trump did in Miami, Florida, the other day. Oh, okay. okay, I don't know if you guys watched. I that didn't get one a chance not. to see it. it was... Okay, but it really, really showed how that how he is so prepared. Mm. And he knows what he wants to say. He doesn't memorize a speech. You know, he he says some things that he says at every rally he goes to. But the thing is, is like, it's not, even though he's got teleprompters there, just like I've got notes here that I prepare before I come to the show because it helps me stay focused on what it is I'm talking about. But I'm not reading things off off my paperwork here. I'm, you know, I'm just I'm speaking from the heart. Well, anyway, he was he was talking and he was talking about all the things he did, he talks about when he's going to a rally and it starts pouring down rain. <laughs> and he's standing there and he's it's like, "Oh, wow, we're getting pretty wet around here." And he takes off his hat and he wipes his face cuz there's he's getting drenched. And he says, "Oh, we're just going to keep on going though." And people were not leaving. People were not leaving that rally. Wow. They were staying wow. and and he kept on talking. He finished what he wanted to say and the microphone quit working the teleprompters quit working and he just kept on going (laughs) and and you know he added a little thing on his things where he's talking about let's make america wealthy again let's make each let's make america safe again let's make america dry again (laughs) (laughs) but it was it was a fantastic speech and it just goes to show that he's speaking from the heart he's not he handlers aren't telling him what to say and he often got in trouble because he he didn't say what handlers wanted him to say see and that's and that's what i think scared our establishment controllers in this party 
they thought, and I really think they believe it. Either either they're either it's a money making scheme, or they're incompetent, or they've lost touch. Okay, or a combination of or a all combination three. of yeah. all three. That's what I think. Yeah, because look at it this way: How did they lose touch? They didn't. They pushed their own candidate, and somehow a magic seven thousand signatures show up. And then I was pointed out that I did even better than Greg Zanetti in Bernalillo, but somehow lost against my opponents. Okay. How can I outperform Greg Zanetti, who was second place, okay, in Bernalillo, but yet I didn't outperform the candidate I was fighting against uh, in my primary? Okay. And I can prove it. I can post it online. There's a statistician that did this for us and went down and looked at what was really going on vote by vote. Okay, so how can I outperform in all these categories even better than gubernatorial candidates, but somehow I still lost, right? I think part of it was we had three other candidates, right? But the other problem is, is we had, I think, maybe a little cheating going on with the absentees because I sent out way more chasers. And based on that percentage, I didn't get the percentage I should have gotten with my chasers. Okay. Well, and that that reminds me what I wanted to say about the absentees. My campaign, we actually got set up to get notification of absentees when you order an absentee ballot, and then when you send it back, we get daily we get daily notifications. We're still getting those notifications, and I'm not sure why. My girls said they would open open them today and find out why because I don't believe we were supposed to count anything that we got past the eighth, and then one and then. This is kind of backtracking a little bit, but I was so interested in what you were saying. I didn't didn't get this in there, and you may not know this, but during and you probably do. But during the election, we actually had DeSantis come down to Carlsbad. Ron Ketty and DeSantis were in Carlsbad, New Mexico. I and it was a full house, and it was a great thing and everything. But I promise you, they were going to get every vote down there anyway. Why wasn't DeSantis brought to Rio Rancho? Or yeah, why wasn't or, Albuquerque. To, or Albuquerque. This I, is I, what I kept pointing out. They didn't. They didn't touch Albuquerque. I mean, it, yeah. if you really want to see why they lost, well, they didn't touch Albuquerque. They also didn't put any legal scholars to work against any legal type of claim. Uh, Mark Rankitty just gave it up like that, even though he clearly had a path. And and with with some of the information that I collected a day later, a day later. We collected in, in, people in, that yeah. saw people. See, I didn't get to mention my yeah. my thing that I wanted to tell you is, so our witness saw gang member types. You know, it, that's her description. But she was working as a volunteer and working with the, the county. She saw him repeatedly going in. Okay, into the polling, into the polling, and being allowed different names. And he would go in, and they would just be like, "Oh yeah, that's me." Okay, and these people just do it. This is why when I go to vote, and she's going to sign an name. affidavit to this fact. Good, because and this they were is taking what, our ballots. Hold on, they were. I just let me yeah, get yeah, this go one. Ahead. Then they were taking the ballots and just throwing them in a box after they went through the machine, and See, just didn't seal them, didn't count them, didn't check them like they're supposed to. This is why I want to, and I'm going to try to. I'll go ahead. Go ahead. We got about one minute. There's no way now. Because there's no ID to check on whether or not those people were who they said they were. Right, exactly. And so we, but we at least have witnesses now that can prove to say, no, I saw the same person vote over and over and over again. 
and that you took the ballots and didn't seal them in envelopes like they're supposed to, let the inspectors inspect, then they sign off, then they put it in the box, then they seal the box, then they sign off on that seal, and then it gets sent to the county uh, clerk's Okay, office. guys, we're at the end of the second hour. So uh, hour three, um, there's still some elements of this I want to cover. We got some other miscellaneous, miscellaneous items to talk about, too. We'll be back. Hang around. Don't go anywhere. And I knew a new day, a new way, and new eyes.